Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Do you think Trump's going to be watching this thing today? I mean, just knowing what we've seen for the past four years, uh, absolutely he's going to be watching. (laughs) There will be an impeachment trial in the United States Senate. Donald Trump's historic second impeachment trial. The second impeachment trial for former President Donald Trump. An extraordinary second impeachment trial of former President Trump. If they're going to make this case against the president and lay out how dangerous they believe he is, you know, this is going to be the time. And the question is, do they use it? Or uh, are they over it? History will judge how the Senate and each senator responds. To my Democratic colleagues, if you vote to call one witness, none were called in the House, get ready for a long trial. I think that this witness question is really an interesting one. I mean, depending on what they decide, you could see potentially Trump come back in a couple of years and run again, you know? So this is really their moment. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... I am Rachel Bade. I am a co-author for Politico Playbook. Rachel Bade, with an inside look at the second impeachment trial of Donald Trump. Rachel, honest take before we get into everything here. Is there any chance that Trump is convicted? I would put a pretty firm no on that answer right now. I mean, if you just look back from the past couple of weeks, you know, right after the January 6th Capitol riot, uh, the siege of the Capitol, there were a lot of Republicans who came out and said they were very uncomfortable with what had occurred and were putting distance between themselves and the former president. All I can say is uh, count me out, enough is enough. The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. The mob was fed lies. They were provoked by the president and other powerful people. But ever since then, with each passing day, we've seen Republicans get a little more comfortable defending him. They've charged the president with inciting a riot. You haven't seen one piece of tape playing anywhere in the country where his words would amount to incitement under any uh, statute. The president did not commit a crime through the speech he gave. Uh, First, it was this sort of notion that you can't impeach a president uh, who's already left office, a former president, that this is somehow unconstitutional. Article 2, Section 4 of the Constitution says, the president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. As of noon last Wednesday, Donald Trump holds none of the positions listed in the Constitution. He is a private citizen. Um, Over the past couple of days, there's been another sort of argument that started percolating where Republicans are privately saying, if we vote to convict him, we might make him a martyr and he'll stick around even longer. So I think it's pretty clear um, that there's not going to be those 17 Republican votes to convict Trump. I don't know how many we will see ultimately, maybe half dozen or less. But right now, it's pretty clear that Republicans are looking for a way out of an uncomfortable situation. And I think the question is just how uncomfortable they will be with that vote to acquit him. All right, let's talk strategy here. Democrats are going to be making their case today that Trump is guilty, guilty of inciting the mob that attacked the Capitol last month. What exactly is the argument that they're putting forward and how are they going to be presenting that argument? 
So from our understanding and from the brief that they filed a couple of days ago, I mean, they're going to put this all squarely on Trump, what happened on January 6th, uh, which resulted in, as you know, five deaths, including a Capitol Police officer. Basically, they're going to be using Trump's words against him in this trial. All of us here today do not want to see our election victory stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats, which is what they're doing. With video, looking at social media, where you're going to see, you know, the ex-president saying, you know, quote, fight like hell to his supporters and pointing them toward the Capitol like a, you know, a loaded uh, gun. And after this, we're going to walk down and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down, we're going to walk down, anyone you want, but I think right here, we're going to walk down to the Capitol. So I think the thing to watch for will be, do they just make this case based on what's already out there, or do they try to go a step further and bring in witnesses? And that's one of the big sort of unanswered questions we have at the beginning of this trial. Uh, My reporting indicates that some of these managers do actually want to bring people in to put them on the stand to beef up the case and see if they can change any hearts and minds out there who perhaps haven't been persuaded that Trump did something wrong. And there's this pressure at the same time from even some Democrats uh, in leadership, uh, the Biden White House, people who are very eager to move on. And if you bring in witnesses, we could see this trial last for a lot longer than perhaps it otherwise would. So that's something um, I'm going to be watching very closely in the next few days. I know you gave a pretty hard no on whether there's any chance that Trump could be convicted. But like, do you think there is anything that impeachment managers could do here to potentially switch the minds of of enough Republicans to vote for conviction? Like, is there any curveball out there you think that could be thrown like some sort of witness that you think could be brought in to to change the circumstances here? Well, I think there's two parts to this. I mean, first of all, yes, they're trying to persuade those 17 Senate Republicans. And I honestly don't think there's going to be much they can do to get those 17. But the managers have a task beyond just the Senate. If you look at polls in the Republican Party right now, a lot of Republicans are still behind Trump. Uh, They don't blame him for what happened on January 6th. Increasingly, we're seeing people rally behind him. And so I think at some point, you know, the managers and the Democrats in general are going to have to ask themselves the question of, do we owe it to the public to try to lay out exactly what happened beyond trying to get those 17 Republicans to convict Trump? Do we owe it to, you know, voters in, you know, Wyoming or in Ohio who perhaps don't realize that Trump really was behind this to try to tell this story um, to change their minds and perhaps keep Trump from having this sort of return to power that, you know, if he runs again in four years. Um, So that's a question I don't know that we know the answer to at this point. What do we know about the defense strategy here? Like, how are lawyers for Donald Trump planning to respond to all this? So Trump's attorneys and Republicans, a lot of them in the Senate, have been talking about constitutionality. There's this argument out there that it's unconstitutional to impeach a president uh, who's already left office, uh, that that basically if you take a strict reading of the Constitution, this is reserved for people in power that Trump uh, has already left, and therefore this entire exercise is moot. Now, the argument against that, and there's a lot of constitutional law experts who have said that this is not the case, including uh, conservative constitutional lawyers or conservative lawyers aligned with Senate Republicans or House Republicans who have said this argument is sort of bogus. And the reason is, 
you know, if if this was true, you could have, in theory, a president do a whole bunch of illegal things or ethically questionable things and then just resign um, before he was impeached, which pretty much is what happened with uh, Richard Nixon, right? I have never been a quitter. To leave office before my term is completed is abhorrent to every instinct in my body. Uh, Nixon left office before the impeachment resolution and the impeachment articles actually were voted on on the House floor. But basically, that would be a way to shield a future president who wants to commit some sort of crime or do something unethical. This would give them a way to do it and then resign without being impeached. And so the the argument that you have to be a sitting president to be impeached, there's a lot of pushback on that. I still think, obviously, we're going to see the Trump attorney's make this case as early as today. There's going to be four hours of debate on this very question about whether uh, it is constitutional to impeach a former president. And uh, we'll expect to vote on that at the end of the day. And chances are this will be a sort of test vote about where Republicans are going to come down on the final acquittal vote. If Donald Trump isn't convicted in this trial, is it safe to assume that he's going to launch another presidential campaign for 2024? You know, it sounds like he could do that even if he was convicted. Not that we're saying he will, but the lawyers in their briefing this week basically argued uh, that even if Trump were convicted and he was barred from running for office, that he would contest this in court if he does want to run in 2024. Um, So I think that it doesn't really matter even if they did get that conviction and barred him from office. Trump is going to try to challenge this uh, if he wants to run again. Rachel Bade, thanks so much for talking with me. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Also, today, there's a good chance you already thought it was, but the 2020 election cycle is officially over. On Monday, former New York Congressman Anthony Brindisi conceded to his Republican challenger, former Representative Claudia Tenney, ending a months-long battle over the last unresolved congressional race. The abrupt conclusion comes as somewhat of a surprise. After months of confusion and tabulation, last week a New York State Supreme Court judge ordered all eight counties in the upstate district to certify the results showing Tenney won the race by 109 votes. Brindisi was expected to appeal, but on Monday he said he would not. Tenney's win brings the GOP to a net gain of a dozen seats last cycle. They're just five away from reclaiming the majority in 2022. And the Biden administration is dropping a Trump-era legal challenge to a California net neutrality law that prevents internet service providers from blocking access to, slowing down, or charging more for certain websites. California passed its law in 2018 after Trump's FCC voted to repeal Obama-era internet regulations, a move that was quickly challenged by the administration's Justice Department. The White House's decision to withdraw marks the most tangible marker yet of what stance President Biden might take on net neutrality. It's expected that the FCC, under Democratic control, will revive federal internet rules. Lawmakers could also pass a net neutrality law, which would make it harder for a future Republican president to undo the regulations. ¶¶ 
Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts. And if you liked hearing Rachel Bade on today's episode, be sure to sign up for the Politico Playbook newsletter, which Rachel co-authors alongside Ryan Lizza, Eugene Daniels, and Tara Palmieri. You can find that at politico.com slash playbook. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.